Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for ranks, flanks, and kings of war. as they delve into the world of Panathor and bring you worldwide coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Countercharge. I'm Trent Sosby. I'm Josh Fredette. And I'm Rough Enough, and we're back again with another episode of Countercharge, this time to chat about all things Ambush. But obviously, before we get there, we have a new guest, Josh, first time on the show. So give us your gamer origin story. I'm very excited to be here. <laughs> My gamer origin story starts uh, where I imagine most people who are on here do. Uh, started with Games Workshop games when I was in middle school. Uh, kind of played throughout high school. Um, played a bit in college, not as much as I would have liked. Uh, really delved deeper into the modeling and hobby side of things during that time. Um, kind of fell out of it for a bit. Uh, realized that my other kind of source of community my other source of uh spending time with people uh which is theater would be more difficult to do with my new job that involves traveling and uh decided to try to get back into the hobby try to get back into something that uh would allow me to have a group <laughs> wherever i ended up traveling so i looked around i think i googled miniature abno- miniature agnostic models game and Kings of War was the first one that popped up. I started listening to you guys and Unplugged Radio, and the uh, rest is history. Oh, man, that's awesome. When you were playing before, did you play 40K and Fantasy, or was it the combination of everything, or what happened there? Uh, the, the group that I played with in high school mostly played Fantasy. Okay. Uh, in college, the other, <laughs> the other gentleman that I played with mostly played 40K, so I've definitely dabbled in each. I know... Coming into this and specifically coming into the slow grow challenge, uh, which I know you're going to talk about in a little bit, couldn't settle on a Kings of War army, but I knew what I wanted to do for firefight. So <laughs> I started in that direction, but excited to really dive fully into Kings of War because it should be it should be mentioned. I have not yet played a game of Kings of War, which I imagine is a, maybe a first for this show. Yeah, I was about to say, that's got to be a first, right? For a guest not to have played a game. Of, what, have, have you played a game of Firefight, though? I have not. Oh, my God. Yeah, so you're you're just like brand, impressionable, right? New Mantic Games player. Exactly. Diving both feet into everything Mantic Games. Definitely been reading their rules for um, for the Armada on the, uh, the app as well. So. And where are you located, Joshua? Uh, I'm in New Hampshire, up in New England. Just north of north of Massachusetts, so north of Boston. I know when I when I first posted in Fanatics <laughs> that Mike Rossi ooh, was very quick to to jump up and and let me know that there there is a thriving scene in the in the Northeast. So I'm excited to to reach out to those guys. With that, we could go straight into our hobby updates because I know you said that uh, you're working on your firefight army. You haven't decided on a Kings of War army yet. So like, where are you where are you at, right? I did manage to settle on a Kings of War army. Okay. Uh, but yeah, mostly it's been the firefight army as I'm remembering how to paint, remembering how to do, get those that muscle memory back. Because when I saw the the Matsudan figures as part of the Estarian range, I was like, that's that's what I want to do. I had no question about that one. 
they're really cool models. The the Asterian's a good line. And like I said, I love converting and I love uh, the hobby side of things. So I took the um, uh, what is it, Dreadball? I think the the game is. I took the Dreadball team and converted them up and using those in addition to the actual firefight figures, the actual uh, dead zone figures, and I think they're going to be pretty cool. But I also just picked up, and during my lunch breaks at work, I've been putting together a uh, Ratkin ambush box. Nice choice. Did you play Rats back in Fantasy, or is this like kind of a new interest? So I have a whole shelf downstairs of attempted and failed Skaven conversions <laughs> both for Warhammer Fantasy and for trying to use those models in 40k ideas that i had that that didn't work out so <laughs> but i think i think this time it's gonna stick <laughs> yeah man that's that's really cool that's really exciting so asterians for firefight slash dead zone are you interested in a dead zone too or do you think you're just gonna gonna try firefight out not as much uh there, there's been a a bunch of kind of skirmish level games here and there like in the peripherals like i i toyed with boards and war machine at one point and i looked at infinity for a bit but really i like the feel of the armies rather than the yeah. the skirmish level like the mass battle on the board exactly exactly and in firefight well i may only have what like 40 guys i think in the whole army it's still i think maybe that's if, yeah if that much <laughs> right well you're playing rat so it might be more actually <laughs> yeah ratkin is going to be definitely more and I'm kind of, <laughs> I know it carries a reputation, but I think the goal is to move into Ratkin Slaves, potentially, once I get beyond the 750 point range. We'll, we'll but, have to get you linked up with Tim Lonis. He loves his Ratkin yeah, Slaves. That's the <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the next army reviews that we have on the plate is to uh, do Ratkin Slaves. I'm excited. <laughs> that's cool, man. So do you have like a game on the schedule, right? Like, hey, I need to get my firefight army done by like this point so i can play or are you just kind of just taking it a day at a time so right now and this might overlap with what we're going to talk about later i'm going to try to get to 750 points of rats and then i'm going to actually pick up a couple more ambush armies and the plan is to because i have right now there's only one person in my immediate area who's even interested in kings of war and then another guy that I went to high school with that I think I could convince. So my plan is if I can't get them to bring an army to me, I'm going to bring armies to them. So I'm going to try to get, like I said, my 750 points of rats. I'm going to pick up the, um, the one that has the uh, empire of dust and the ogres sands of a moon, two player box set. Yes. Going to pick that up. Cause I know Rob, you said that you can get 750 points of ogres from that. Absolutely. Like I said, if I if I can't in my immediate area at least, because the workings they're like an hour south, and then the whole New York scene is is quite a ways, <laughs> a couple hours away from me. So if I if I can't find anyone in my immediate area, then I will I'll bring the armies to them. <laughs> I'll see if I can't get any of the the stores in my area interested. I like it, dude. You already you're like doing the doing the job of a pathfinder before you even play your first game, right? that's awesome i'm i'm really into it like i've been just every night i feel like i'm on the companion app i have like dozens of of armies sketched out and i'm just super excited to dive into it 
Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, we're really glad that we could have you. You know, we're glad that it worked out. Rob, you want to uh, give us your hobby update? I know, dude. You, I feel like you're working on something different every day, man. Like, do you even <laughs> yeah. do you do you actually work? Like, do you actually spend time with your family, or do you just hobby? When I have to, when I have to. Uh, <laughs> no, but we'll share. I, I did finish uh, the the Sands of a Moon box set. So there's a 750 EOD list and a seven. Well, actually, 755, and then a 750 Ogre list. I did have to add a regiment of chariots to get the EOD up a little bit. And then uh, we're starting a slow grow league here in Memphis. So I am doing. Uh, I bought the ambush box for goblins and I pulled out goblins and I've been painting goblins. So Ooh, I'm starting nice. with luggage. I have like nice 50 luggage or 60 luggage. I have like a bazillion. <laughs> so I'm just like, all right, I'm going to start painting up. I've got four troops and two regiments of luggage that I'm working on now. Learning to airbrush Trent. You'll appreciate that. Yes, dude. You finally, you just, you just been priming with it. Yeah, well, no, I I've done basing and stuff, but here's the thing: I already bent my bent my needle, so I'm like, ah, what? So yeah, so you it'll, it'll, I don't know, dude. Uh, but anyways, it, uh, the new ones will be there on. You know, the problem is you didn't get one of those fancy little the little mat things that I got. That's exactly what it is. Well, what's funny is, so I, I'm like, I'm like, well, I I, I just had like the basic starter uh, I want a neo kit, right? And I found out it's actually a 0.35 needle instead of the 0.5 needle. And in retrospect, I wish I would have gotten the bigger needle because it probably would have been a little bit more difficult to bend. And because I'm really going to just use it for basing and terrain. Like I, I don't have any delusions that I'm going to be like painting whole army shit. Yeah. That being said, it's it's been awesome. I, I got the army painter paints and I'm like, oh, I need a spray pot. So I'm like looking on Amazon for a spray pot. I'm like, well, what do the people in the reviews say? I click, click, click. Very first review comes up. Oh, this is a great kit for beginners, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, Trent Sorsby. I'm like, wait a minute. I know that guy. <laughs> I was like such a small world, right? Uh, and, uh, and the review was from last year and you were the number one most helpful. Most helpful. <laughs> That's really funny. Like, I know you, you posted it on the Countercharge Facebook page too. I never, ever leave reviews. But this was at a weird time where like it was actually when I was moving from Colorado to Germany. So my house was completely empty. I was sitting there playing on my phone and I was like, you know what? I'm going to kill like four hours of my life and just go through and leave a review for everything I bought. And then in Colorado is when I got into airbrushing. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's funny that you saw that. Hey, did you, did you end up getting that pot though? I did. I, it's going to be here on Tuesday. I still have mine and it's completely fine. Like I think I had to do one, like one thing got loose and I super glued it in, but I mean two, sorry, it's like two years old now. So. Mm -hmm. But my hobby update, I'll be honest, since uh, Adeptcon, I haven't done too much. I've been kind of lazy. I did have a game weekend in uh, Berlin, not this weekend, but last weekend. I met up with uh, Chris Thomas and Clem, and Clem, they have like an international uh, club there in Berlin. Uh, there was like 10 people that showed up. Uh, we did a, a bunch of demo games, like Ambush and stuff like that, so it was, it was fun. It kind of got me uh, re-energized to work on my next project, which is um, my Forces of Nature Ambush list, because I have a Forces of Nature 2300-point army, but I multi-based them all. So like all I, I have the horde of scorch wings, the horde of air elementals. Um, so I have enough to do. Oh, I actually just remembered. I actually printed off eight earth elementals. So I'm gonna have four regiments of earth elementals, two regiments of air elementals. Obviously, this isn't going in one list. I just like to have options. And I think I have two regiments of scorch wings. But here's the problem I ran into too is that, and I don't even remember when this was. I have three boxes of the Age of Sigmar dryads sylvaneth dryads like the little treeman dudes and i think i got them with the intent that i was going to make hunters of the wild right because there's not a mantic mantic model for those 
But now I'm like, oh man, do I really want to do? I mean, it would be cool to have a bunch of like troops and regiments of those guys, but painting, I think it's 16 in a box, like 48 little tree men dudes. I don't know if I'm up for that yet. But I think I'm gonna I'm gonna do the air elementals, fire elementals, and all that. Get that out of the way, and then maybe if I feel like doing that, I'll, I'll keep going forward. That's awesome. I'm excited about it, and I, I'm like you, man. I got it. You know, I bought all this fancy new stuff at Adepticon. Like I have the the army painter air set. I got a set of Reaper um, that you talked me into, and I haven't used it yet, so I'm kind of kind of itching to do it. But I just gotta I gotta build some models and get started there. Should also mention we're having uh, armies on parade at the shop. It's multi-system, so there'll be guys with 40K and Age of Sigmar and Kings of War. So I'm taking the Salamanders and bringing them out, show them off and stuff. Should, should be fun. Nice, man. Yeah, yeah should be fun. Be ca- hey, don't drop them. Be careful with them. So we you haven't know? even pu- – we, have we probably <laughs> talked about this yet? Wait, I don't think we have. We haven't. So I, I'm going to let you talk about it. Honestly, you were you were more in tears than I was. Listen, listen, I'm a I'm I'm a big softy. <laughs> oh no, I can't help it. It's it's the way I was raised. Well, let, let me let me tell you, I I have dropped somebody's army before. Uh, we were playing on a one day in Nashville, and this dude had a cart, and I knocked the cart over. Oh no, it was like an old Warhammer army. Felt terrible about it because there were busted tails and stuff, right? Yeah. Okay. So let's let's rewind, right? Like back at Adepticon, me and Rob shared a hotel room, right? So we were like driving back and forth, helps helps each other with the podcast, all that stuff. It was the last day of Adepticon, right? It was Sunday. Like we were, we were packing up all the podcast stuff, putting it in the rental to get it back to the hotel. And the last thing that we saved were the armies. The and and the oh my god. Okay. So we packed everything up. Rob has his two armies. He brings his ogres and he brings his uh, salamanders because he let Jeremy use the ogres the team tournament and the he used it for depth class too so he has his fancy um battle phone boxes and he he puts everything up on a cart i think there was some uh, like a few miscellaneous like podcast stuff i think i had a couple random things floating around and you hand me the display board right and, and this is the display board he just made for salamander armies like beautiful 3d printed models brand new like it looked amazing but he handed it to me and i was like oh man i don't know you know i'm kind of weird about I don't want to carry other people's armies. Like it's one thing if I break my, but if I break somebody else's, like I just would never forgive myself. Right? I literally, I literally said that. (laughs) He's like, "All right, man, whatever." So I I grabbed the cart, thinking it would be the safer option. So you know, it's the last day of Adepticon. We're going like five, six days strong at that point. Maybe like four hours of sleep a night. Just finished two games of Kings of War. Like come down off your high. Everybody's tired, right? We're like some of the last people in the building. So anyways, I go to push the cart out the door. You know, like when you have those big like office doors, there's always that metal hump that they like catch on. For whatever reason, this cart, just the wheel caught right on it. So it didn't roll over. And as soon as it caught, the ogres, which were in the battle phone box, at the time I didn't know which army it was. So all I saw was a battle phone box go. And dude, I'm not making this up. That rolled over like five times, right? It just was like to do, to do, to do, and I just, I just froze. And time slows, and <laughs> and Rob just kind of looked at me, right? And I'm like, dude. So he ran over there and he picked it up and he's like, oh, it's the ogres, man. It's the ogres. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but I could hear like whenever it fell, you could hear the models like crunching around. Oh no! I don't even like talking about this, man. This is like my worst nightmare. You were like almost in tears. Yeah, I was, dude. I felt so. I mean, I literally just said it. I'm like, and I told you that, like, that's the reason why I put the salamanders on the bottom. Is like, you know what? Th- that'll be the least likely to fall. Oh my god! And then we got out. Like, I wouldn't shut up about it. I probably apologized like 50 times. Even, and we finally got out to the car, and I was like, dude, we got to like just just look at him. I just got to know, right? I can't wait till we get to the hotel. 
and he opened it up and it actually wasn't as bad right as you thought i think like nothing actually broke which is amazing because most of it was resin like a hand popped off the chariots popped off the base which kind of expected yeah very few chips i mean and most of it was just glue stuff back together yeah yeah so i like stood over rob's shoulder when we got back to the hotel room for about an hour i was like oh dude you sure it's okay looks all right it's just good (laughs) but man i i'd like i you know that thing rolled like five times and it was like this it was like it was like a foot off the ground you know what i mean and i just kept thinking like you know we we were laughing about it at the end well rob was he was he was obviously giving me crap for it but i was like dude I was like, dude, if that would have been the salamanders, like, I don't, I don't think we would be friends anymore. Like, I, I don't think, you know what I mean? <laughs> Enjoy your like, short stint on Countercharge. Yeah, that was. Oh my god. <laughs> it's a story to tell your uh, grandchildren. Yeah, and then the crazy thing was, is remember the uh, the Tyler went with the Omaha boys, and we we were gonna go hang out with them that night, and then uh, we were like, oh no, dude, we can't, because Rob was like gluing back models. Rob told Tyler, he's like, oh, no, somebody dropped my army. Like, I'm gluing it back. And he's like, no, dude, you're making that up. Like, come on. I was like, no. <laughs> no, unfortunately, not making it up. <laughs> Adepticon, though, man, it's been it's been five weeks at this point. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. It's so funny because you're, you're talking about how it's been five weeks. I just finished listening to the Adepticon content that you guys have been putting out uh, two days ago. <laughs> so. Dude, there's some good stuff on there, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Made me feel like I was there. <laughs> yeah, I think so. We got some really good content. We've got a couple more that will probably roll out here in the next few weeks uh, that are kind of one-offs, which, which will be fun. But uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun recording and we had a good time. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun because it was always like, okay, if you're not playing, then maybe you can like record something and hang out. It's cool. I mean, a lot of the stuff's never going to see the light of day for for legal, <laughs> for legal reasons. <laughs> a few things. I've got a couple that are just like ah, a questionable quality. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. All right. So for the announcements, let's everybody remember the ongoing Mantic Army Slow Grow Challenge. Uh, as of recording, it's 30 April. So this is the last day to get those posts in there. Remember, use hashtag Mantic Slow Grow. Use the pin post that Rob puts on the Countercharge Facebook page. Keep us updated, right? Like I said, you know, every month, you don't have to complete a unit every month. You could just make a text post. Make an update. Make make progress. Post a picture of the pot of paint you're using. Just anything. Just, just keep us in the loop, right? So we'll have all those names together and uh, choose the uh, monthly uh, raffle drawer for that. But I've seen some great stuff, man. And like honestly, last month I was just blown away what people did the first month. Got to keep it up. That's the hard part, right? It's easy to start, hard to finish. Yeah, that's the big thing. And then Rob, you want to get into the uh, Masters info? Yeah, so we have U.S. Masters that is going to be July 14th through 16th of 2023. It's the same venue as Bug Eater. TabletopScore.com. You can go check that out and sign up for the events. Uh, One of the updates that we do want to mention is that there's going to be a firefight event hosted by Tyler Schultz and Jeremy Duvall on Friday. Don't have all the details yet, but that's coming. So if you're interested in Firefight and Kings of War, come check it out. You know, I think uh, this is definitely the largest venue we've ever had. Yeah, it's like whoever signs up is going to get to play, right? Basically, Exactly right. Yeah. Let's see if we can get this to be the largest event. But yeah, and I mean, on you know, it's uh, so it's in Omaha, right? For the uh, for the Omaha boys. And they, they always put on a great event. Like I went to, I'm not going to make it this year, but Bug Eater, they always do a great job. The, the event space is super cool right they're using the high school so plenty of room like it's it's just it's a really cool atmosphere so if you can make it out i would highly highly recommend it 
and we'll be there in force. Uh, so if you come out, we'd love to beat you. So come join us in Omaha in July. You and Jeremy are going to be there. Do you know, is Felix coming? I would assume so. Yeah. If he's hearing this, he's been uh, guilted into it coming then, I guess. Yeah, now, now he has to go, right? Now he has to. I wish I could make a man like Bug Eater was so much fun last year. But, you know, it was one one event to go to back in the States this year, and that was Adepticon, which which was worth it. It was a lot of fun. It really was. Adepticon's going to be an annual thing. It's just so much fun. Yeah, it's it's an experience. I don't think anyone can begrudge you not making it, Trent. <laughs> this is Counter Charge, your podcast for ranks, flanks, and kings of war. With that, let's move into the main topic. So, Ambush. So, you know, we kind of, I feel like we've talked about Ambush a lot on this show. And, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of it. Like, honestly, whenever I play not in a tournament, especially over here with the game group that I have in Germany, uh, when we play Kings of War, what we focus on most is uh, Ambush. So first off, you know, if you don't know what it is, Ambush is a subset of Kings of War based on smaller scale games. It's not a skirmish game like Vanguard or, or Dead Zone, right? It's still rank and flank. You still have the same unit footprints and the, the same basic units. But it's uh, with a smaller table, a fewer number of units, and a few extra rules to make sure it plays smoothly. Um, there's a few like restrictions for the um, for some of like the unit uh, sizes and uh, unit point points costs and everything like that. There's an adjusted rule set for sub a thousand point games, right? So five hundred and nine ninety five. With I find the sweet spot being seven fifty. That's what I've played mostly. I've tried a few five hundred. I've tried a few nine ninety five. I feel like five hundred is it's the absolute minimum, right? I mean, five hundred. You're only going to have maybe what well, depends on the army, but three or four units. Yeah. You know, at 750, and we'll talk about it. I've got a couple 750 lists that we'll talk about, but seven or eight units at 750. Yeah. And then the, uh, I feel like with the 995, it's like getting a little, like a thousand points is a little too much, honestly. Because I mean, for the, like for the doubles tournament, right? For the team tournament, we each brought a thousand point list, but it wasn't that we didn't use the ambush subset rules. Like we use the regular unlock rules for Kings of War. So some of the restrictions on there, right? So first of all, it's played on a three by three table. Still start twenty four inches away, like a full full scale size game of Kings of War. Six inch deployment zone, and then um, the biggest thing here is like no hordes or legions. So you can only take troops and regiments. It's interesting because it you still have access to a lot of tools. You can't have a unit over two hundred points up to seven fifty, and then seven fifty to nine ninety five. The max is two hundred and fifty, and that's all inclusive to magical artifacts, which is interesting because I think that might be. I mean, the hordes and legions thing is a big is a big way to change the game a bit, right? Uh, but also the po- points cost means that if you're going to take those more expensive units, you're very limited what magical artifacts you'll be able to take. I remember when I was lurking right after the Big Red Book came out, uh, just cruising around online, the general consensus was that taking those units that were above 200 points really felt very lopsided, uh, allowed you to kind of just bowling ball your way through (laughs) a lot of these other smaller units. I have a story. We we had a a 500-point game day gosh, three or four years ago. It was still probably even second edition, maybe. Without these rules, uh, we had some guy, he will remain nameless, but he brought, I think, a regiment of Soul Reaver Cav and two troops of Soul Reaver Cav. I don't know how the points worked out, but he had all Soul Reaver. And literally all he did was just push it forward and just blend everything up. And people were like, yeah, this isn't much of a game. So I think 
the point restrictions is very good. I think the points restriction is is awesome. I think that helps a lot. I didn't even start. You know, we have the points restrictions and the unit size restrictions, but the most important thing here, so troops in ambush, troops unlock like regiments in normal Kings of War, and regiments unlock like hordes. So it's it's really interesting when you're when you're building your list in there. Like honestly, this last weekend when I played, I was kind of I was kind of messing around with stuff. I played a list with uh, two regiments of Revenant Cav, a troop of Revenant Cav, two troops of Ghouls, and then like a mounted Revenant King. And it, it was all legal, right? Because the regiment of Revenant Cav is 175 points, and it was it, it did really well. It was fun. It was a little janky, I'll admit, but I I, I don't know. I really like Revenant Cav, so it was fun trying it out. One other thing, too, is so irregular units have to be unlocked by troops or regiments, so that that's the same. But any flying unit is automatically irregular in ambush. So, for example, air elementals, like normally a horde of air elementals for forces of nature is an unlocking unit. The regiment of air elementals is not. It's considered irregular in ambush. So that's a little interesting addition, too, because in a small-scale game like that on a 3 by 3 table, something that's speed 10 is just going to be, like, already increase its value tenfold, you know? And then a few other, we can kind of go through a few other of the rules here. So you can only take one each, like hero, monster, titan, war engine, a regular unit, whatever it is. So you can't have, you know, three Bellfire Catapults. You can't have two greater air elementals. Uh, there's no no unique characters, items, anything like that, and no formations. I mean, most of the time the formations are going to be too expensive, but some of them might actually fit. And then uh, no allies at all. And then we kind of went over it before, but max unit cost of 200 points for games under 750 and 250 points for games 750 to 995. The one final thing we'll mention is that you can only have a total of three heroes, monsters, titans, or war engines, which I think is probably the most uh, has the, the most significant impact on the game. Because if you want to take those big nasties, well, now you have very few choices for inspiring, right? Because you could have three heroes, three monsters, titans, or war engines total. It's very limiting. What I have found is that it means that people are not taking a lot of war engines because you, you, you still need some inspiring in your list. Yeah, I've played against a few lists that don't have any inspiring, only at 750 points. And it's been interesting because like maybe instead of an inspiring unit, they bring like a greater air elemental or a greater fire elemental, which is kind of scary at first, but you don't realize inspiring makes a big difference. Because sometimes you get an early game sp uh, spike in nerve, right? Like you maybe you do five wounds and you roll an 11. And then if you don't have any inspiring, like that's that. For the rest of the game, it's gone. Yeah. So it's it's really interesting. A significant amount of your points at that, that the 750. Exactly. If you're playing a scenario that needs unit strength, right? And uh, two, let's just say 200 points out of 750 are taken up by one, one, one unit strength model and you're playing pillage or something, it's like, oh, that's kind of rough. The rules do persuade you or, or, or incentivize you to, to, to build ranks and flanks <laughs> and not hero hammer, right? Not monster hammer. Like a, a self-correcting almost. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. And I mean, even like in, um, uh, I, I like using Troops of Ghouls as chaff. When I, I play Undead, that's my main army. And even though it's a 70-point troop, in a small game like that, I'm like, mm, maybe I shouldn't just run up there and like chaff them up this turn. Maybe I'll like hold back, hide, and then maybe get the token like two turns from now. So it makes you think in a in a in a different way than you do for a full scale game. Another thing to note too is it's all of these rules are built into the Mantic Companion app. So once you make when you're making your list, you you put the points limits, and then there's an option to choose like normal or ambush. 
So if you put the ambush restriction on there, it'll go through and automatically validate your list. I haven't found any issues with it. I think everything is pretty cool. I was confused at first when I was like, oh, I thought the Regiment of Air Elementals was supposed to unlock. I thought it was broken. And I ended up playing with a list that wasn't legal, but it was fine. So use the app. It's, pre- it's pretty nice to sit there and brew 750-point list because, you know, you're doing like five, six, seven units maybe. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Is there anything in terms of the restrictions that you guys found problematic or things that maybe you're, you're doing differently? I feel so fortunate that I'm coming into the hobby with the introduction of Ambush. Because uh, like Trent said, if I had been coming in previously, my inclination would have been to base everything how I was going to use it, not on the smallest base size necessary. Because the idea of multi-basing was really one of the things that drew me into the hobby and the idea to make these kind of almost scenes or dioramas as you're going through. But now that I know that ambush is a thing, I can factor that in as I'm putting these models together and plan for them to be on the smallest sizes legal. But I could see where that would be a sticking point for someone who has been in this hobby for, for a long time. You hit the nail on the head, Joshua. I I think that uh, for me, like I, it's difficult for me to take my existing armies and play ambush with them. Cause to your point, they're based on hordes or legions in some cases for ambush. Now uh, I actually created two 750 point armies from scratch and the intent is that's it. They're done. I'm not adding anything more to them. We're going to use them to teach people the game. And I use the sands of a moon box and uh, exactly what you said, because we're playing ambush. That means, you know, uh, 750 of ogres, by the way, is not very many ogres. It's only like 13 ogre models out of the out of the box set. So the the list is 750. It's got two regiments of boomers. And so what I did was one's got three guys on it and one base has got two. Mm-hmm. And then I've got the same thing in warriors. I've got one regiment of warriors, regular hand weapon shield. And then a second regiment of warriors with hand weapon shield. One's got three models. One's got two models and then i have a third regiment of warriors but this time i gave them double-handed weapon and they only have two two models on the base so that right there's 12 and then the the sands of the moon comes with a resin character model so that's a sergeant so yeah i've got two regiments of boomers three regiments of warriors one of which has been uh downgraded to defense four with two-handed weapons and the, uh, then the sergeant what's interesting there's no magic in this list We've actually played a couple games with it, and it's pretty. It's actually pretty good, right? Because it's all. It's all for the most part. You know, I mean, the boomers are defense four, but everything else is defense five. Well, the boomers and the two-handed weapon guys are four, but you've got a lot of five there, and the boomers are pretty good in that small space. Move and shoot with no penalty, twelve inches, piercing one. It's pretty good. Uh, and in terms of EOD. EOD is probably the one where I just what looks cool on the table. It's probably not as effective. I started off with two troops of bowmen. In retrospect, uh, they're not great when I'm playing against the ogres. You know, I mean, I'm hitting on fives and then I'm probably fours or fives to wound. Right. And, but if I'm moving now, I'm hitting on sixes. Uh, they do have a little bit longer range. So that, that's a thing. But the, the problem is you're still only starting 24 inches away. So if they've got their boomers in front of you, they could at the double potentially up 12 inches and then one more turn they're they're shooting you basically uh and their fire their their shooting is much more effective <laughs> in the skeletons yeah <laughs> Sp- speaking speaking from experience yeah so i have two troops of skeleton archers i thought you know i wanted to show people like when you're teaching them they should have some shooting in the list right yeah they want to they want to see all the phases of the game and then i have a regiment of skeleton warriors against ogres it's fine right it's 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 a dash 15 block and then i've got Two troops of Revenant Cavalry, 
And then an Ammonite Pharaoh, which is pretty, pretty awesome. In that small point game, he's kind of the one wild card. Typically, the Ogres could steamroll the with the OD, but you do have this defense six guy that that can he's chaff, right? He can go in and he can hold somebody. I mean, those 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 regiments are only having nine attacks, right? Hitting on threes with crushing one most of the time. There's a couple units that have more than that, but so he's pretty pretty awesome at dash sixteen. Does have surge eight. So he he comes with that built in. So there is the ability to show the EOD player a little bit about surging. Unfortunately, what I have found is the Pharaoh needs to be in combat more more often than not. He needs to be holding something up while the the crappy skeletons fight. Uh, and then to round out the the army, I had to actually add a regiment of chariots. And so I added out a regiment of chariots. No shooting on the chariots because I didn't have the points. And that list comes in at seven hundred fifty five points. EOD's full model count. Oh, they're actually a hundred, hundred percent, hundred percent. That's cool, man. That's that's really that's awesome. impressive. If you wanted to not go full model count, you could stretch that even further. Yeah, Josh, I know you said it uh, before. You kind of like messing around in the companion app and uh, messing around with any lists. Are you settled on your first seven fifty point list? <laughs> let me let me bring up the app real quick. Because uh, yes, I was trying to see again. You were saying stretch the box. I was seeing what I could make from the Ratkin ambush box. Uh, and see, unfortunately, because they are more of a, a hordy army, uh, I would need to add something just like you did with the, the EOD. Bring up the list. The ambush box sets are great value, right? I think they're like $45. And obviously, you know, uh, depends on the army. Some armies, you can get more points out of it. But like right. the horde armies are a little bit less because their their units are cheaper. Well, that was one of the things that I, I put on here to talk about is that if I was to buy the things that went into the Ratkin ambush box, individually it would be twice as expensive almost three times as expensive wow you actually did the math on that and that's that's what the savings is i think it was 3750 i want to say for the the ambush box when i bought it and then maybe i don't want to get these numbers wrong but but yeah to buy the two regiments and the night terror individually uh, would have been much more expensive than buying it as the ambush box and the ambush box comes with the mdf faces and the mini rule book they're crazy value because like the, the the goblin one is 40 goblins and two mincers that's a dollar a model well 37 for the for the regiments that's right uh 40 45 for the the ambush box but 37 if you were to buy the regiments by themselves again in the the ratkin one it comes with the two regiments again 40 40 models uh and the night terror for not very much <laughs> they're such good value the ogres are if i recall six ogres and it comes with a regiment of goblins. If you're playing pure ogres, it's probably not as good a value. But if you're someone like me that plays ogres and goblins, it's like, yeah, okay. Someone like you, you mean somebody that has an, one of every single army in Kings of War and Armada and Firefight? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I do want to give a shout out, by the way. I bought way too much Northern Alliance Armada stuff. I bought twice as much as I should have bought, honestly. <laughs> Because uh, I think I have over 450 points worth of oh, I love ships. It. Yeah, yeah. Because I bought two boosters and two starters. I could have just bought one of each. I think that would have been sufficient. But I do want to give a shout out to Mantic Games. I had one that came in with the wrong sail. Got a hold of them. Zach hooked me up and he shipped out the right sail. So uh, it was really great. They were able to get that resolved. Oh, dude, their customer service is excellent. Like I had a, I had a shipping issue one time because I like used my, P, my USPO box, but living in germany i couldn't remember which address i used and i actually talked to an actual person on the phone and they got it resolved in like 24 hours 
great experience. Great experience. Don't forget, I know there's a bunch of ambush. I think there's like six ambush boxes now. There's goblins, ratkin, ogres. Night stalkers are dropping. Night stalkers drop on May 15th. Yep. So that comes with six butchers and ten reapers. Renders we saw right at Adepticon. Oh, we, we you mean the hard plastic we saw? Oh yeah, yeah. It was it was a hard plastic. Oh, that was so nice. Yeah, if you haven't pre-ordered your stuff, you'll still have a, a little bit of time to get on it because there's some, the new Void Lurker is like, I mean, just oh, some of these models are just out of control. It's fantastic. Yeah, so the the list that I'm thinking of at this point, 745 points. Again, trying to stretch the box as much as I can. Not going to be full unit count, but if I can squeeze three regiments, I'm going to start them playing as shock troops just because they're more expensive because <laughs> they they fill up my points a little bit faster so three regiments of shock troops with plague pots the troop of tunnel runners and uh night terror and that brings me to 745 again not a great list but with just picking up the tunnel runners and the ambush box i can play which is which is really what i want at this point i just need to get stuff on the table what works in Kings of War is not necessarily going to work in Ambush because it is a much smaller table. The restrictions that are in place. I mean, I think people are going to have to going to find they're going to find new builds that work. I mean, the war engines are limited, the monsters are limited, the heroes are limited. So it is more of a game of ranks and flanks, which is weird, right? That the smaller version <laughs> of the game is the one that is more about ranks and flanks than the bigger game sometimes. That's what I wanted to say too, is that I remember when the, uh, the big red book came out, right. And I, everybody was talking about ambush. Um, you know, I finally got my copy. I was reading through it. It didn't really pique my interest at first because I was like, why would I play a watered down game of Kings of war, like a smaller scale with all these restrictions when I have like a 2300 point list and I can get the full experience. Right. I wasn't even going to try ambush out, but I was playing with Chris and it, I think it was a Friday night. It was like we, we just had a few hours to play. He's like, hey, man, let's try a 70-point game. Like We can maybe knock out two or three, and we'll be good to go. I was like, yeah, okay, I'll try it out. But I'll tell you what, I honestly think, and I, I don't know how they do it. The, you know, the, the rules committee must be wizards, all the, all the playtesting. But it feels like a full game of Kings of War on a smaller space in a smaller amount of time. Like I don't feel like I'm losing anything. Yeah, maybe I can't take, you know, my legion of zombies, but I still feel like I'm getting the full experience. Like it's I really do love the game. There's some overlap too when we move from when some people move from Warhammer to uh Kings of War where people are like, "Oh, what you're not you don't pull up dead models." Like it's kind of that thing which is the filler's all gone. It's just it's the only thing that matters is on the table. Yeah. Right? And you're like, once you get into a scrum, it gets resolved quickly. Yes. There's not really protracted combat because the units, they don't have the nerve as, as, as you would maybe find in Kings of War. Wednesday, I took the, the two new armies that I just built. And Brian, who's a very experienced player, played the Ogres and I played the EOD in 40 minutes. 35 minutes, we were done. To conclusion. To completion. And we've done that before. Me and him, he, he brought us Abyssal Dwarves. And I brought my goblins, and we've we've gotten two or three games in in a night in ambush. You can really knock it out. Yeah. The one thing that I I'm not settled on is the three foot table because when you start playing seven fifty to nine fifty, like three feet is not very much space, and I wonder it limits some of the the movement options, right? Because you're yeah. you're on top of each other so fast. On Wednesday, we played with a four by four table, and that seemed to feel a little bit better, even at seven fifty points. You got an extra foot left left to right. Yeah. What you said before about well, I'm just going to leave my ghouls hang back. Well, I did that with my troop, right? Of bowmen, the two troops of bowmen, they were able to kind of hang back a little bit, 
and shoot and shoot and shoot. And, you know, we were playing dominate. He had to commit something to kill those guys or he could just went to the circle. It, it felt like there was a little bit more option there. But I wonder, you know, I, also I should mention the EOD has got a lot of got two troops of cav and it's got a regiment of chariots. So it's relatively speedy. But I wonder, like, with a, maybe with, like, a foot slogger army that maybe I wouldn't be, feel the same way. I don't know. Have you tra- have you tried the 4x4 four four table yet? I haven't tried the 4x4. Four four. We've just done 3x3 um, three three for 750. I don't actually – I think I played one game of 500, but that's we've, – we've stuck with 750. But I was – and I wanted to ask you, too. Um, I don't remember if it's in the rules or what, but whenever we play on our 3x3, three three, we put a ton of terrain on the table. Do you do the same thing? In the Red Book, it does recommend using – a lot more terrain than you would in a normal game to not have a a single firing lane extend from one deployment zone to the other and i was going to ask if if you found that that helped that hurt like you said you're already running into movement issues i can't imagine that that much terrain would help with that i put the same amount of terrain on an ambush table that i put on a kings of war table i just it just it just squeezed into a smaller space oh you just like consolidate it gotcha yeah yeah i like it i don't know it's like it's the same amount of terrain in a smaller space. So you're adding more like tactical decisions that you have to make basically like using the terrain to screen and, and, you know, picking your charges being, you know, hindered and and whatnot like that. I, I like it a lot. I remember at first when I, when I saw it, when I like saw the three by three table, I was like, dude, we're playing on that. I was like, I thought it was one of the tables off to the side where you just put all your extra terrain. Right. But I think, I, I think it works out. Right. I think all the rules, and at first, like I said before, when I read through them, I'm like, dude, what? This this seems like watered down version, you know, all this terrain, all these unit restrictions. But I think it, they've been play tested. They've been really well thought out. Like it works really well together. At the end of the day, it still requires some restraint by the player. There are a few things that probably could break the game, even at that level, right? And when you have so few units, it could swing things. You know, you still need to have folks come to the table with like, Hey guys, a reasonable mindset. Yeah, I will say one of the one of the lists that uh, I've I've been playing is kind of I feel like it's kind of nasty. Like I have, so I have a regiment of zombies, a troop of ghouls, right? Nothing crazy. Two regiments of zombie trolls, two regiments of whites, and then a third six necromancers. So it's kind of it's kind of hateful, but it, but it, it all works out, right? Everybody has a good time. My friend from high school, who I think I've been able to convince to give this a try, he's rebasing his Warriors of Chaos as Varengar, and I'm a little bit nervous about what he's going to bring to the table. I know that their cavalry can just be absolutely brutal. <laughs> yeah, they can. But your list that you just shared, I think I think it sounds solid, man. And then with the troop of Tunnel Runners, that's that's such a good unit, especially if you can afford like skirmishers' boots on them. It's so. It's so nasty. It's so nasty. Yeah, giving them nimble would be really awesome. Because what the troop even has, what does it have, 15 attacks or something like that? It's a lot of attacks in that small base. Yeah, no, they they just, like I said, the, the intent is to kind of transition into uh, Ratkin Slaves <laughs> at some point. Once I get up past the, the ambush level of that list, they just seemed absolutely crazy. Yeah, 16 attacks on a troop for Tunnel Runners. Yeah, dude, that's that's wild. All in all, though, I mean, we've have, we've been having a lot of fun, and I think um, I haven't had a chance to to demo the game any for anybody yet because I just got the armies built. But I'm looking forward to that to use ambush as a way to introduce people. You know, originally when they came out with Vanguard, that was the intent. Well, it's an intro to Kings of War. Well, it's not ranks and flanks. So, so as Jeremy said it best, it's a great intro to Panathor, but it's really the mechanically it's so far removed. So this is nice because even though they've taken the edge off by reducing the amount of points that a unit could be. 
restrictions on what you can take, you still are doing the basic movement the same. Everything about the gameplay is the same. That's a good point. We should mention scenarios. I mean, th- there's some modifications that in the book about the scenarios as well, right, Trent? Yeah, just about like the number of uh, you know, loot counters, ob- objective counters, whatever it is. I think the the dominate circle it might be small. It might be like nine inches or something like that. So, but it, it's all proportional to changing the table size. That's it. But like like Rob said, that's a really good way to put it. Right, as you put all these restrictions to get to the point where you play the game. But then playing the game, if you know how to play Kings of War, like it's there's no difference whatsoever. You're kind of in some ways you got some handcuffs on when you don't play Kings of War. You just have to remove those those shackles and and then it's like unbridled. <laughs> the, the anime character taking the the weights off. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And the the boxes. I mean, I I just can't get over you know the, those starter box those ambush boxes are just like I don't know how you compete from a price standpoint with those. It's funny because this has been the week where there's been some whinging about the cost of resin phantoms on fanatics. For those who don't know, previously there were seven PVC phantoms and three resin phantoms in a box. Mantic is making an effort to get rid of the PVC. Speaking of someone that has an ogre army, PVC is serviceable, but it's from a hobby perspective, it's it's hard to clean the mold lines. It's there's a lot of deficiencies. You know, I mean, we've all been there where we're having to glue like either the horses or knights together. And you're having to use, you know, heat it up in water to get it to, to mold right. Uh, is that is that what the the dreadball figures are made? Dreadball's all out of PVC. Yeah, I w- I've been I've been struggling with those a little bit for my my firefighter. <laughs> and I understand why they did it, right? I mean, it's economical. It's a good cheap way to get it, get models to the table. But now, you know, they've had enough people in the in the community say, "Hey, man, we understand that resin's expensive, but we really hate PVC." And also, their PVC, I believe, comes from China. So I think with all the stuff that's been going on in the world, I think it's difficult for them to source it. There's an effort by their part to get rid of the PVC. Phantoms are on that list. And so what they decided was, oh, we're going to give you six resin models instead of seven PVC and three resin, which for me is fine. You know, there's a real long thread on Fanatics. You guys can go take a look. But what's interesting is you've got people that own companies like Westphalia Miniatures. Kawaii is on there. He's pointing out, hey, guys, that's a big, chunky resin model. I think it comes out to like $7 a model, I think is what it comes out to, something like that. It's a pretty big model for 7 bucks. You know, resin's expensive. It, it's funny because, like I said, it's the juxtaposition. You have that that exact case where, yeah, it's expensive. And then you compare it to the Night Stalker box now where you're getting you're, you're getting six of the, uh, the Butchers and 10 of the Reapers for $45. It's like, oh, okay, not as bad as you might think. And it's not like the plastic models you're missing out on quality. I have been super impressed. And I know the the Ratkin troop is not or the Ratkin regiment is not their most recent plastic kit, but it is it is extremely high quality. Not just plastic, but also the sculpt is is very good. The locations of the mold lines and things like that are all it's it's very well designed. I don't feel I feel like I could have paid twice as much and still felt like I was getting my money's worth for what's in this box. A goblin box where you're paying literally like a dollar a model. It's like yeah. at that at that price, it's really hard to complain. But yeah. I will say, <laughs> having put together EOD and, and ogres, which are the two new the newest designs that are coming out of Poland, those are even better than the goblins and the ratkin and the, you know all the stuff that's come before. I mean, these are just really well thought out sculpts where the the gates from the sprue are are hidden they've done a great job so what i'm saying is i 100 agree that i think all their hard plastics are fine maybe not the elves <laughs> but everything else is serviceable for sure i can't wait we got night soccer's in may 
uh, which is going to have the Reapers and the Butchers. And then we're going to have Half Elf Berserkers and Ice Kid Hunters in July. Uh-huh. The, the, the boxes are crazy good value. If you're thinking about getting into Kings of War, you want to like try out the hobby aspect of it. How good are the models? There's no better way to just buy an ambush box. And as you said, Joshua, they come with the bases. For the first time ever, you've got unit basing in there. For the goblins, they gave me two regiments. And so you, if you're not using the regiments, well, then you'll have to still source that. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to make a, a third regiment to to get all the three that I want to stretch it out to. But So you, you were saying from a hobby aspect, that not to change course, but that was one of the other things that I've really enjoyed about Ambush. Uh, like I said, my way of staying in the hobby when I wasn't able to play was through the converting and through the modeling and things like that. And as I mentioned, I have a whole bunch of things downstairs, whereas like I have a really cool idea for a conversion. I have an idea for a concept for an army. But when I start putting it together and realize that I'm going to need to do this conversion or do this concept across an entire force, I tend to lose steam. <laughs> whereas with an ambush force, when I'm making five or six true five or six units rather than a whole army's worth i feel i feel better about committing to these kind of conversions to these concepts to these things that might be a little bit more that might be too much to do if i was starting out planning on a 2300 point list i feel like it's allowed me to be more creative in in that aspect and dude, I again, you, you hit the nail on the head there, right? I think you know we're, we're kind of talking about ambush and how it is important to to attract new new players to the game, whether they be from Warhammer Fantasy or or, or brand new to wargaming. Like I'm one of the few players who this is Kings of War is the first war game that I've ever played. Like I never played fantasy before. I knew about it. Perfect example of what you just said is when I started in 2020, peak COVID time, right? I was building up. The first army I wanted to make was like, hey, 2,300 points. It's going to be 15 units, 150 models or something like that. And at first I was like, okay, sweet. Let's get going. Let's crack these. Going to build 100 zombies, prime them all, and get to going, right? But I, I lost steam, dude. I, I had a I had 120 prime zombies in my closet for a year before I got back into the game, right? And I think Ambush is that perfect bridge because like Rob said, you know, Vanguard was – uh, or like Rob and Jeremy said, Vanguard was kind of the attempt to bridge getting into the game and making that larger army. But when you have 750 points and it's done and you're playing games with it and you're ready to make that next step, you're like, hmm, I wonder what a 2,000-point game would be like, right? You already have a chunk of it done, so you know what to expect. I just think it's just really well done by Mantic. Like, it's a great game, and I think it's just such a great addition to all of the different rule sets that Mantic has right now to get newer players into Kings of War and to change it up for for the older players, right? Like, it, it's always good to have a, a different rule set because even, you know, playing five 2,300-point games in a row, it might, it might get old after a while. It's nice to change it up, try new units out. That's the biggest thing that I like about Ambush is I play units that I never play in 2,300-point games. But the reason that I have the models that I bought the models is because, ooh, you know, it might be fun to use a regiment of ghouls in like a, in a game that's only going to last thirty minutes to see how it goes. So there's just so many positives to it. Really are. Yeah, like like I said, my plan is to <laughs> by the end of the slow go challenge, my plan is to have three different ambush armies. And as a notorious 
hobby butterfly as well, jumping from one project to the next, to be able to try out an army and get a feel for it and see if the play style on the table matches what's in my head, uh, the chance to see if a play style that I think I'm going to like to play, if I actually like how it translates to the tabletop, is is huge without having the however many month-long commitment for someone who who doesn't paint super fast um having that smaller time commitment to actually see whether this is something that i want to pursue because to put months and months into an army just to find out that you don't like how it plays is disastrous it's terrible it's one of the best things that's happened in kings of war in a while because you know the other thing is as you guys said the commitment to get into ambush is low so if you it's a perfect thing to just dip your toe in the water from either a net, you know, from a from a cost standpoint, I mean, you literally can get going with with an ambush box and maybe supplement it with like another regiment of something, right, or another unit of something, and you've got an ambush army. If you plan it out correctly, those armies will then just roll into your bigger Kings of War army. It's funny because I've got two ambush armies now. I mean, I already have a, a gazillion ogres. This other ogre army looks completely different and it's never going to be added to. It's just, that's it. It's done. And the EOD, I have, I, I used to play Tomb Kings and I just, I have no interest in playing EOD. For me, it was like scratching. I'm going to scratch a different itch. You know, you were mentioning Trent that it's like about ch- scratching different units in those armies. Yeah. For me, it's like, I want completely different armies. Exactly. So it won't surprise me if I don't do a rat kid army at some point. I mean, I'm already painting goblins, which is already driving me crazy. The thought of Just... painting Gratkin as well. I mean, oh. <laughs> in Kings of War, 2300 points. I can't even imagine. I think we all have like one horde army in us during our lifetime. Dude, if you want a quick ambush army, forces of nature, three regiments of uh, three regiments, of fire elementals, regiment of scorch wings, greater fire elemental, and then like uh, an inspiring hero. Good to go. Right. Not a, it's like 10 models and you're good to go for 750. Yeah. <laughs> Ogres at 750 is 13 models. Right. And you, you could go less if you didn't even want to go full model count on a couple of the regiments. And then if you do, if you are going the fire elementals route, like those, I imagine, look really good with contrast. So, yeah, <laughs> get those painted up in like a weekend if you really wanted to. That's the other thing that's really interesting is in Kings of War, when you're playing a game and, and you decide, oh, I want to tweak this army and change it up a little bit, it's a lot of effort to do that. But in Ambush, if you're playing it, you're like, oh, I just want to tweak it a little bit and, and change it up. One unit in Ambush can completely change the way the game, you know, the way the army plays. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Any tips you would give to anybody playing Ambush today? Check out the Ambush starter boxes. I feel like we're beating a dead horse at this point, but they're just such <laughs> great deals. And, you know, don't don't be afraid to start off at lower points. Like, if, if you feel like 750 points, like, you know, if you're doing a horde army like Goblins or Ratkin, like you two crazy guys are going, right? Maybe start off at 500 points and still and still get the feel. I think 500 points on a 3x3 three three is still fine, especially if it's your first few games. Josh, I keep forgetting, man. Like, you, you haven't even played a game yet. I've not played a single game yet. <laughs> that's why that's wild. But you you've thought about it. It's like, you know, you already have your list. You've really thought about it. You're like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna play these shock troopers, but eventually I want to get into Ratkin slaves. Like, dude, I can just tell you. I'm so excited. I can't even tell you. <laughs> Don't mess around with your hobby time. I I love it. I love it. Biggest tip for ambush is if you've been playing for 20 years, if you've been playing for two weeks, if you are listening to this and don't know what Kings of War are is just give it a shot because honestly, I think I have not met anybody that does not like Ambush yet. Like it's 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 a great game. It re- it really is. It really is. Well, that sounds a pretty good way to take us. Is there anything else you want to you want to add, Trent? No, no, Josh. What about you? 
No, I think I'm good. I mean, hit all the points on my list. Just another reminder, you know, uh, Mantic, uh, Mantic Slow Grow Challenge. Don't forget, we'll be getting the names together for April, probably whenever you hear this episode. We'll do an announcement mid-month like we did um, for the first month. Just stick with it. Even if you haven't completed a unit, just make posts. Another thing we forgot in the announcements, too, don't, not backtracking too much, is the um, Dungeon Saga. The Pledge Manager is open now. I think they're doing late pledges now. So there's that. But I think that's it. I think we covered everything, guys. And if you haven't tried to ambush, go do it. And go to your local store and get them to stock the ambush boxes. Once I do get some games under my belt, the hope is to, like I said, use these ambush armies to demo. And then it would be really nice to be able to point to the shelf and say, hey, look at that. <laughs> Another big shout out with the ambush box is that there's actually instructions on how to build the models in there. Yeah, that is a big thing. <laughs> that, that's a criticism that's been leveled. And like, for me, it's like, well, I've been doing this for f- a long time. And so it's not that big a deal. Like I can read A and A and B and B and I can figure this out. But I can understand, like, if this is your first war game or if you're coming from something like GW, which has great directions and they have the best. Right. So it's nice to have some instructions uh, for those for the units. It's great. It's it's well thought out, executed kit. Yeah. Built built from the ground up just to be a fantastic introductory product. Definitely for the player. But, Josh, just remember now, man, now that you've you've been on here and you've told us all your plans, like we're going to hold you accountable. We're going to be badgering you on the Facebook page like, Josh, where your tunnel runners at, man? Let's see him. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to be held accountable. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I'm sure there'll be some other people that'll be paying you soon. That's the hope. Fingers crossed. I'm definitely going to share this on my uh, Facebook pages of the, the couple of stores in my area. See if I can't get people, <laughs> again, giving me a call. Let me know. And I don't know, I, I'm weird too. I like to hear my own voice on podcasts, which is really strange. Like I always, I always listen to them. You think I'm going to skip that part? <laughs> I'm still in like the new, new celebrity phase. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but, oh man, Josh, we're so glad you could, uh, you know, we, we made this work. Glad, thanks for chatting with us. I appreciate it. Do you want to do the honor of taking us out? Sure thing. Until next time, keep countercharging. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15, or by commenting on the Countercharge Kings of War podcast Facebook group. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons. You're on mute, I think. Or are you not talking? Were you trying to talk? I can't hear you. Did you pull something out? We can't hear you. Yeah, I should be good now, huh? Yeah, did you hit, did you you hit mute? Dude, my little audio jack was like a, a, a millimeter out. I must have oh, I see. Out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs>